0: Scene one, Apple, take one. Welcome to another episode of Film Notes. My name is Shane, and this is the show where I interview people in the film industry. So we can learn a little bit more about who they are, what they do, and get their notes on their aspect of their work in film. Today, I have my long-term friend, amazing guy, David Andrade, who founded a production studio and works in animation. And I'm really excited to have him here because we haven't had anyone from that space yet. So David, welcome to the show.
1: I'm so excited to be here, Shane. Thanks for having me.
0: And we met about ten years ago or so, mm-hmm. and we for a short time we're living together, so we saw each other uh, quite a bit. Uh-huh. And then we have been on opposite sides of the country for a while. So, tell me a little bit right now, just where you are and what you're doing, and then we'll dive into like the backstory of how you got there.
1: That's great. Okay, so uh, hi everyone, I'm David. I am currently physically in Orlando, Florida, where I call it home, and I have for the last six or so years. (laughs) I am a co-founder of Theory Studios, and I make a lot of cool stuff. So yeah, that's where I'm at today. And then the story of how we get here. Well, yeah, so, so
0: that's what I want to dive into now, because you have done a lot of different things and it was quite different when we first met of uh, like where you're Mm -hmm. working what you're doing before all of this other stuff happened yeah so let's let's start with how you got into the industry and what it looked like at the time you know what role you had or what you were focused on
1: that's good um so uh 12 13 14 15 let's go 15 years ago uh, 15 years ago, I was jumping between film and TV and games. And <laughs> I lived in Southern California on a lot of couches everywhere from Los Angeles to San Diego to wherever I could really fit. So I was there the whole time. Um, and man, I thought like $1,500 rent for a single, like a, a, just a normal two bedroom was expensive. Now it's like $1,500 for like, just the bathroom you know so I, I didn't anyways yeah i lived on couches I, I tried to work in a lot of tv and film and, and game stuff i worked on Life of pi a little bit on snow White and the huntsman and a bunch of other cool movies percy jackson 2 ripd and did a lot on ripd transformers war for cybertron did a lot of work on that so it was a really good time and then I found myself uh, and, and actually Shane and, and me, we we shared a really cool apartment where I rented the couch. I think that couch is actually between three rooms. There was like a bunch of rooms and then I was in the hall. But that hallway turned out to have a couch sofa. <clears throat> Pardon me. I have a little bit of a cough. That that hallway turned out to have like a, a couch sofa and that actually worked out really well um, because it cheap. It was close to work and <laughs> I didn't have to have huge commutes. And I got to have the L.A. life. But what I quickly realized is, is that as much as I enjoyed it and, and loved it, um, it wasn't really great to raise a family and everything. And ultimately, that, that was a big goal. Um, plus, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to start a studio and do something. But I was conflicted. And I was super conflicted. And I, I, I know there's a lot of questions. So I'll piece out the story as we go through it. It was really conflicted because I really wanted to work on The Hobbit. I had a job offer at Weta Digital in New Zealand. I had a job and I accepted at Rhythm and Hues to work on a bunch of movies. And and that was like, you know, they're both Oscar winning huge visual effects studio houses. And it was conflicted because like I really wanted, like that was the dream. That's like since as long as I could remember, it was work at these big places. And then something happened uh i i think the story i tell people is i i I felt like i saw time and space split and i saw 10 15 years into the future which i guess would be now and the difference was is i could be working on a bunch of movies as a contractor as an artist on them but i wouldn't own anything i wouldn't have any equity in it um we would work a ton of long hours and we would put a lot of like sweat and tears but we 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 wouldn't own it. We And even if we didn't own it, the business that I worked for wouldn't own it. You know, visual effects houses, they don't own the properties that they're working on. They're just contractors. It's, it's like a guy doing AC for you, right? So there's no benefit um, to working extra, extra hard on a movie short of like a little shiny statue. And so I, I had this thought that like, oh my gosh, in three years, which, you know, that's not 15, but at the exact moment when I had the job offers... It was like, in three years, I'm going to be 30. And what I'm going to have for it, I'm I'm going to have a bunch of movies that are like a Walmart bin for a dollar. And I'd be like, I worked on that. I worked on that. I worked on that. And, and that's it. That's going to be the sum total of like three years. And, and if you bought it or rented it, it wouldn't benefit me or my employer. The employer might even be gone because this is around the era that a lot of effect studios were going out of business. And so I made up my mind that right then and there, this would be my last job because these jobs usually last for just a movie or two. This would be my last job and I'm going to start a studio. I was quite afraid and conceptually it made sense, but it wasn't until 2013 uh, when Rhythm and Hughes went bankrupt and laid everybody off and shut down at the same time as winning an Oscar, like it was one week apart. 100, 800, I'm sorry, 800 people lost their job. And we won an Oscar for Life of Pi all at the same time, you know, within a week of each other. And there were protests and everything and Save the VFX Artists, the union and all all this great stuff. And remember, conceptually, I always thought that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you actually have to do something, that's really scary. So um, the last story I'll end on, uh, which is The Birth of Theory Studios, was um i lost my job on a friday i actually got to stay on a little bit which is really cool about a month to wrap up my part but i lost my job on friday i ran a half marathon on saturday but i had shaved my head that night i don't know felt like i just need a cleanse so i did it i went bald and shaved it all off ran a half marathon on saturday it was super sunburned and baked and just just dead maybe even a little high baked Sunday so just like completely dead and then Monday I filed the paperwork I didn't even think about it I didn't even want to think about it I just like I just did it I just woke up in the morning I'm like sunbiz.org that's the Florida website because I knew I was going to move back to Florida I was like this is it I'm just going to register the business I'm just going to do it and I told my my now two co-founders I was like we're doing this right now we've talked about it for years and I'm just going to do it like and everyone was like uh wait uh maybe we should nope not going to think about it and I did it and then I just went about my day. And it was like the easiest 10 minutes of my life. You just signed up, you fill out some paperwork and you pay a fee. And suddenly I'm a business owner. I didn't even know how to read a balance sheet. And I, I didn't know what profit, the difference between profit and net income gross. Like I didn't even know anything. We'd come find out a few days later that that day was April 1st, 2013. It was not planned that way. It just worked out that way. And uh, that was nine and a half years ago. Nine and a half years ago,
0: crazy. Of course, I heard you tell <laughs> different versions of that story over the years, and I and I love it because really when you step back, one of the reasons that all of our creator and artist friends want to do jobs like that is because they want to make stuff. Yeah, And sometimes that's making a movie, and sometimes that's making a company. And I love yeah. that you were able to see those options, and choose one and dive into it. And almost 10 years later, it's still going. So we neglected neglected to mention, you mentioned in passing. So it's Theory Studios. So talk to me about what the studio does and how you've grown over the years
1: it's a great question so people watching this may be interested in starting their own business and have an enormous amount of fears chief among them is where am i going to get clients how am i going to get money and what am i actually going to do there's this old proverb that i've heard which is the work will teach you the way and i have lived my life by that one the work does teach you the way you will just figure it out so what we do today is really cool um, we're 15 employees. We do machine learning for a robotics company. So we help them develop basically AI and train AI to do robot stuff. We do high-end CGI animation for theme parks all over the world. Right now, we have a big job in China for a big park called Chimelong. There's a brand new one. They've, they have like three or four right now. We're, we're helping do the media. Uh, if you're on a ride, there's big screens and, you know, monsters come at you that's us we do the animation so we're working on that we did the vfx and produced vfx producing uh, a movie called a christmas karen and we just released that so sh- shameless plug on that one you can find it everywhere online super good film it's about the retelling of a christmas carol with a modern day karen and it's adorable and so in addition to the cgi animation visual effects uh, also a big hand in a lot of our like machine learning. The last thing that we do is metaverse slash gaming stuff. So we work with Meta directly. Um, we've worked with them for three game projects now. So we primarily on their Horizons platform, uh, they hire indie game dev developers like ourselves to make stuff for them. So you can find out some of those games like Airborne Explorers or Blockin uh, if you have a quest and, and actually play games that we've made for them. So. That's really, really cool. But in a nutshell, you know, I someone, someone had uh, challenged us to describe your business in six words. And I've been thinking about this and I, I don't really have too good of an answer. But experience cool things with your friends is about as close as I got, right? Because we do a lot of gaming stuff. We're working on a preschool kids game app and experience next that teaches kids and parents piano. So that's something for 2023 that we're creating. Um, and we we really like things that let you experience stuff together you know like even the movie Christmas Karen it's a good like Christmas movie you get to gather everybody around and you watch a really good movie together so we we really like to work on projects that let you experience things with friends together it's been like a through line but how we get there um we I don't know you know we we just figured it out uh business books, conferences meetings people uh, i'll tell you and you didn't ask this but i I feel like it's it's rather rather useful because you might especially if someone wants to do this just ask other people for advice especially other business owners there's just an interesting amount of people who really like mentorship in the world of entrepreneurship and business that if you just are super blunt you're like i don't know what i'm doing please help um, try to offer something in return, but really just just ask them to tell you their story, like what is their story and and, and just learn from them. Man, I've learned so much from that. Um, everything that everything that you need to know because like reading a balance sheet and managing employees and not well, managerly managing is tough. but all the technical stuff and the paperwork is easy, but it's just figuring it out. And I will say, to kind of put a dot on this a period on this part of the story is that we started with wanting to be a VFX studio in an animation studio. We wanted to make an animated feature film. That was like the goal. We're going to make an animated feature film. And that morphed into we're making games, we're making animation, we're making an iPad app, and we do VFX. We do a lot of VFX, you know? So it, it morphed into this and blossomed really into this like beautiful thing. Um, had no no like foresight into that. We, we just kind of figured it out as we went, you know, the process will teach you the way the work will teach you the way. So it's, it's my, my favorite phrase, but hopefully that kind of gives you an insight into how we got here. Cause I kind of don't even know myself. It just happened.
0: And I want to take a moment to publicly thank you because you've been a big inspiration mm. for me in parallel, not only to mm. keep going on our projects, which As you know, indie film Mm -hmm. stuff, it takes a long time. You just have to keep going. And like next year, we're gonna have a lot of feature films coming out. And you know, that's a 10 year journey sometimes. But also when you talk about small business, five years ago, I left my corporate job that I had for 10 Mm -hmm. years and opened my own coaching practice as a new coach with no history in that industry. And a lot of the speaking of entering. Uh, Mentoring from you and just picking up gems that you would just casually toss out in conversations was very helpful. And again, I just learned as I went and I kept learning and growing. And now I have this thriving coaching business, which is now enabling me to afford to do film projects. So Hmm. I really want to thank you for that because you've been a great inspiration. My pleasure. And a couple of things that you mentioned in passing. You've mentioned Mm -hmm. a couple of times and you also talked about traveling and going to conferences. So at one point when we were talking a few years ago, you were on the road all the time going to all these different conferences and cons and things and doing panels and you were constantly traveling. So talk to me about balancing some of those things or the decisions you made to choose or not choose certain things. So you could get to where you are now.
1: This is in no way as a slight against things like meetup or any of that. Um, there's a there's a real benefit in like meetups and and more like lack of a better way of saying it non professional uh, networking. But the best networking I've ever done are the ones that you have to pay for. Unfortunately, I'll give you one really good example. There's a conference for kids animation called Kid Screen, and there's another one. Uh, it's competitor and one I like more because it's in LA called the Animation World Summit. Both of them are easily fifteen hundred dollars or more to get into, um, but we've gotten so much work out of that, and we've made such great relations out of those groups that they that fifteen hundred dollars is paid for itself many times. You know, it's absolutely worth it. There's a balance of risk to reward there, and I, when I discovered that, um, suddenly the world really started to make a lot more sense. So there is one kind of group of competition and everything. And, you know, I only know it from the animation and the gaming world, but I imagine in the film world, having gone myself to AFM, you know, that there there is a market. That is the business of film and selling and getting it out there. And then there's like the top tier festivals where you hope you can get in or even you can get into like one of the counter festivals that kind of usually runs like Slam Dance, Sundance, right? So those are your like, places because that's where buyers are going to be that's that's where they're they're working it then on the other end uh, maybe you're approaching it from like i'm going to self-distribute so you need to network online with discord and on reddit and on twitter to find influencers to talk about your movie uh in our sense like we we did that with some of our games where we just sent out free keys to people who we knew were really big in the vr space and we're like we'd love for you to preview it and play it and give us your thoughts and you know what? That led to relationships. and those directly converted into relationships and even sometimes sales, but really champions for you. And that's been a really, really big benefit. the The downside is that there's i'm I'm not going to dog on like screenwriting competitions, but there's a lot of like opportunities out there where you have to pay. And, you know, what's really the reward there? Like, oh, there's somebody who's in the industry who's going to review your work or something. And it turns out they're just like a gopher for like a film company. You know, they're, they're not really anyone too significant. But I have found, and it's funny because I'm about to say paying for things, like the things that you really, really pay for, like AFM isn't cheap. I'm going to, going to Ottawa for animation, that animation festival, not cheap. But I have found that those, the, it brings a certain quality of people and and certainly travel and so i when i started to realize that it made sense to travel and to be there and network in person i learned early on that you close the deal in person and that's the right way to do it for like for example for our chinese work uh flew to china flew flew to them and uh, spent a week there and met the owner and met the people at the park and closed the deal because that's how you do it you know so at least in our like client kind of relationship world, that's 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 been a really big help. Um, but ultimately, you really should find ways to like just be there and be present and network. I love Zoom and I love Reddit and Discord. Uh, I'm not too big on Twitter and Facebook, but at least at least those platforms they kind of open a door. But man when there's like a conference or or meeting of the minds that's the best you got to go to that because that's the best way to build relationships because those relationships will actually lead to to more right to to the right people and to the right things um so i've i've really benefited from that um but to maybe kind of go back to your answer what's really kind of your question what's really curious is that having a family i can't travel as much i mean before i used to spend three to four months of the year on the road and now i try to do it like one week every other month at best which still translates to about five to six weeks a year but i try to keep those like super targeted like the for us game developers conference um there's a handful of theme park conferences one in europe one here in the us that like we get a lot of work and relationships from um there's a big one for um Animation and kids, right? The kid screen and then the World Animation Summit. So try to keep them like really targeted to like the ones that I know are like the highest quality. The people who are attending there are often decision makers, you know, so I I just lean, lean in on that a lot. Um, but that being said, as you begin your journey, uh, you don't know. So start anywhere <laughs> and just work your way up, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you ran with that because, again, I think that there's a lot of value in hearing these different perspectives, you know, how you balance Mm. things out. Like you mentioned the value of going and doing things in person with the value of Mm. having enough time home with the family, with the value of having enough time to like do the work that you set up. It sounds like it's really helpful to be mindful of setting yourself up for success with choosing which events to go to. Yeah. As well as hearing this kind of like business aspect threaded through. I think all these things can be really helpful, especially for people who want to go beyond just making the thing. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. like wanting to like own the thing or figuring out a way to uh, create a platform or put it out or something. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. to hear you talking about these different aspects. I did want to shift now, you know, we're, yeah. we're on a film notes show. So I wanted to ask yeah. well, some notes that you would pass along from a animator, BFX artist perspective to people who might be interested in learning more about that or wanting to pursue that? It's a good question.
1: I think there is this thought that like in animation, you can just make it because you see it. And um, listen, I've, I've never like wanted to be a ballet person. For example, I, is it looks beautiful? It looks wonderful. It looks effortless. And having met and befriended a really close ballet dancer, I know now from a fact that it is it looks effortless, but that doesn't mean that it is effortless. And uh, man, what a mind, what a mind trick that one is, right? That that's a bit of a, a twister so with animation especially with the advent of ai right like chat gpt Mid journey stable um dale all of, all of that stuff which is really awesome and incredible there is this democratization of creativity especially when it comes to 2d 3d kind of art uh, i think we're one step away from making it into video there's a lot of like ai for 2d art and writing now but you know, we're just a few steps away from animation and video. And so from a, per- a person who has no idea of how to animate, draw, write, VFX, any of that stuff, you see it and you think it's effortless. Um, but there's definitely an enormous effort that goes into training the eye and the ability to actually create and do this stuff. Uh, and, and I, I don't want to dissuade anybody. Um, but you know, I, it's, I've been banging on that piano for over a year and a half and I'm still terrible, but you know, it that, that's what it takes to kind of really get there. And there is a difference, I think, um, from, I'm just going to type in a few prompts and, and generate some cool stuff. And it like gets your mind going and excite and getting really excited versus like you literally creating, there's actually a real big endorphin rush. Once you really start to see like, this is my own creation from my own hand, so as as someone who maybe wants to get into the field that's something to think about the the 10,000 hour thing and generally that works out to about 4 years 40 hours a week pretty accurate you know so it's a little more than 40 hours it's like 45 or 50 um but my point is, is like, yeah, that's pretty accurate, right? About 10,000 hours, about you know, 5,000 hours, you start to get like some conscious incompetence in know, the, there's the, the hierarchy of competence, right? And so you, you reach like the third, second or third stage, I can't remember which it is, where you're consciously incompetent. You're like, I know I can be better. And then at the 10,000 hour mark, you're like consciously competent, but you, you still know you can be better. You're super good at stuff. I have like Unreal and Blender memorized in my head. The other day, I was walking around and someone asked me a question on how did they do this, how did they fix, and I like without even seeing the interface because I have it in my head. I knew exactly what to do, what what to click on, what to type, and how to fix the problem. Um, you know, that's ten thousand hours plus, right? So when you get to that level, there there it it just like explodes and you, you can really start cr- creating. But I say that to them people who maybe they don't wanna be a VFX artist. They don't wanna be an animator, but they're a film director, they're a producer, and they want to bring in these people to have them do their job. I tell you the number one problem that happens is someone, and we call them 911 in the industry. They say, I've got 10,000 bucks and I shot this music video and I need like aliens, planets and a whole bunch of stuff happening. And then you, this is actually posted on Reddit, I'm paraphrasing. This is actually posted on Reddit a few weeks ago. And then you as an artist, you look at this footage and it's grainy green screen, uh, it's blurry. There's no tracking markers anywhere. Um, there's no set photography, no reference cam, no, no, no nothing really. It's just a bunch of crappy footage. Uh, and you know, even worse, maybe they've cut it down to four, two, two or less. So you don't even have all that chroma depth or, or or that high bit depth. Um, and you're, you're, and they're at, they're like 10,000 bucks for aliens and green screen and keying out and cleaning all this stuff. And you just, there's one version of you that does it and you kill yourself because you need the work and you want to build a relationship and it looks terrible. You know, you're set up to fail. It's all going to be terrible, but you got to do it when you're like really starting out because you need to make a name for yourself and cut your teeth and God, we did so many of those. And then there's the other version of you um, with some more competence in that. You're like, I'm never gonna touch it. But now you as a VFX producer, as a director who is in that current problem, um, you're gonna get garbage. It's garbage in, garbage out. And uh, you you can't call someone and hope, have them rescue the project. It just won't look good Uh, at best. With with a team that like is pro and kills himself on it, it'll look okay, you know. And if that's the best that you can get, it'll look okay. Things will slip. The edges are hard, and the, and the key looks crappy, and the models are kind of crappy, and or maybe they're off a of turbo squid or something. You know, that's you as a producer. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get like a rehash, crappy finished job because that's the that's the best you get, um, and that's terrible. But however. Let's say you had that $10,000 and you're a different person and you, you start asking way before you even shoot. You have the director here, you have the VFX supervisor here, you have the DP there, and the, the four of you, you as a producer, all sit down and talk through every single shot. And every single shot, like if you're changing the camera, if you're cutting the camera, you're going to have a full list of what's going to happen before you shoot, before you get there. And you can add some improvisation when you're there. You can, you can improvise and be silly, sure, to a small degree. But before any footage is being recorded, it's all planned out, maybe even previs. And, you know, this. you're going to spend like half that $10,000 on this one guy to tell you what you can't do for the remaining $5,000. But, but that $5,000 that's remaining, because you're going to spend $5,000 just on him and setting him or her, I should say, and setting up and tracking markers and taping. And he's going to and, and stop the shoot every between cuts and measure. And t- it's going to freak you out. But I will say that the remaining $5,000 is going to be spent so well, it's going to look really great. It might look like a million bucks, right? Because it's it's all documented. It's all like we I did this on Christmas Karen and people went were in crazy. I walked around with my iPad Pro and I was just scanning LIDAR photogrammetry, scanning everything, the actors, everything, because I just wanted all that data. So then when we get it and we have three months of posts, it's not a problem because we can handle it. And we, you know, we've planned, we've we've got a runway, we've planned all of that. <clears throat> anyway, so that's my that's my simple advice is if you have money. You probably, even if you have little money, almost everybody has time at the beginning. Almost everybody has time at the beginning. Whether you're a writer, director, uh, producer, just involve that VFX person way ahead of time. Way, way, way ahead of time. Because you're going to save yourself a lot of effort. Uh, Animation is similar. I know there's probably, sorry, I'm running long on this one. But especially for somebody who's like, I'm a writer, potentially director, or I'm a producer, you still want to involve story artists and animation super early because, again, you're going to get an itemized list of characters, sets, props, actions, effects, et cetera. And you just do that all ahead of time, and it saves you so much more effort because then I don't need to figure out how to build a house. I have a blueprint in front of me. I have the materials and a blueprint. You know, that's the best way to build a house, not guessing. You know, how, how Do I nail it? Do I use cement? Like, What do I do? You don't, you don't want that.
0: Yeah. Thank you for both of those. I'm glad that you went into detail with each. And before we wrap up, I always want to make sure that people know how to reach out to the guests. So where would you like people Mm. to go to see some of your work or contact you or follow you?
1: There's a bunch of different places. Theorystudios.com. T-H-E-O-R-Y-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. Theory Studios is our animation side. Brave Lunch is our game development site, so bravelunch.com. So those are two spots that you can check us out. And then we have, I should say I have, if you want to learn this stuff, like maybe you want to be an animator or a CG artist or something, I recently published a LinkedIn learning, formerly Linda, a LinkedIn learning course on Blender 3.3. Everything you need to know on how to use Blender 3.3, which is funny because next weekend, not this one, but the n- two weeks from now, Blender 3.4 comes out. But the point is, is like if you want to learn animation and training and everything, just Google um, Blender Essential Training and on LinkedIn Learning, and I'm the guy.
0: So I didn't know about Brave Lunch, so I'll make sure they put all that in. So thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited that we got a chance to touch base again. And I learned a little bit more about you and your background than I knew before, so that was great. And I hope everyone checks out all of David's work because it's really, really good. Thanks again for being here. Thank you. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to support the show, please click on the link below. You can also contact me at my website if you have any questions about filmmaking or anything else. Off to the side, you'll see a couple of my books, Film Notes and the Film Notes workbook. I encourage you to check those out if you'd like to learn more about filmmaking. See you in the next episode. Scene one, Apple, take one.